Well, this morning I want to introduce to you again uh, pastor, evangelist, missionary, whoever you are, David Metz and his wife, uh, Kim, from up there in Gates County. And, and uh, David's been uh, traveling uh, around the world. He was in the Philippines last year, in Tanzania and Kenya. And so I'm going to let David come and share with you for a few minutes some of the things that he's doing, and then he's going to bring the word to you this morning. So let's welcome uh, Pastor David Metz to the pulpit this morning. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, hey, You're welcome. You're on. It is good to be back with you. Amen. I'm excited about what God is going to do today. In fact, I'm trying to just get a, a flow here because I sense that whole transition. You know, not only is there a transition in the ministry, there's a transition taking place in your life right now. And God is moving you from faith to faith and glory to glory. Amen. Do you believe that? Or is that just a good thing that Pentecostals say once in a while? Do we really believe that? You know, to share with you some of uh, what we've been doing. My wife, Kim, here on the front row, she, she don't like to come to the platform, you know, four foot 11, you know, good things come in small packages, amen? I couldn't do anything without her. She's a vital part of my life. I love her. Thank you. Um, we, we wrote uh, School with the Spirit. You know, here in the States, we've been doing that. We've been ministering in churches and teaching about a, a four-part session. And, and I'm finding something interesting that's taking place here in the United States. You know, people talk about miracles to see overseas, but I'm seeing that right here. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen tumors disappear immediately. I was sharing with uh, uh, Pastor Kim on the phone the other day. I taught this course at a church and called up a little six-year-old girl. And she prayed for a woman in pain, immediately left her body, and a tumor left off her wrist. And what was interesting is when she prayed for that woman, not, I didn't know it, that little six-year-old girl was a terrible stutterer. And God healed her of her stuttering, and her grades have since improved. And, and now she's excelling in school. Sometimes your miracle is a miracle you need to give away to somebody else. Amen? As you minister to somebody else, God fills you up and gives you everything you need. That's what we've been doing here in the States. How about show me the next one if you would, Darren. There we go. Uh, I, this this uh, just kind of delights me. I guess just this year... Uh, what we've done this year alone. In um, uh, February, I was in Kampala, or Kasese, Uganda, and uh, had an opportunity to minister to pastors the night before. They said, we want you to preach on marriage. I thought, wow, that's interesting. Praise God. An opportunity to invest in pastors and their wives and ministry families, about 1,200 pastors, and ministered them on, on the, uh, their marriage and relationships. But this young lady during the miracle service came up. You know, the Bible says, eyes not seen, ears not heard, neither has even entered into your heart the things that God has prepared for those that love him. This young lady was deaf mute from birth. The first two people I prayed for was deaf mute. And this woman, when I prayed for her, God immediately opened her ears and she could hear. She was moving her hands, she could hear, and, uh, but she wasn't started speaking. I put my hand on her chest, you see there, and I could sense a rumbling there. I could sense something rumbling. And I, and I whispered in her ear and I said, just say what I say, just repeat after me. And she looked with me with this stoic look and she said, but I don't know how to talk. <clears throat> and I kind of had the response you just had. I said, you know, there's a lot of noise back here. Would you repeat what you just said to me? And she said, but I don't know how to. <gasps> Suddenly it dawned on her what God had done in her life. For the first time she spoke and spoke clearly. You know, God is doing miracles all over the place and he has a miracle he wants to do in your life. Not only does he want to do a miracle, but he wants to work miracles through you. Amen? How about show the next one? This is a, a Pastor Barilli in the Philippines. Uh, such a humble man. You know, when we go, one of the great things, we get to minister to pastors and leaders. And uh, this gentleman came, and he said to me the last night of a crusade, he said, you know, because of my theological training, I had a very difficult time believing in miracles. But tonight I saw one. I said, what, what happened, Pastor? And there was a lady that had, been, had, uh, had a stroke. I prayed for her the night before, and uh, her whole left side was crippled up. As soon as I prayed for her, her leg started working, but her arm was still crippled up. And he brought her that next night. She wanted to testify something bad. I said, you know, just, just keep praying over it. Just keep speaking to that arm. And he said to this woman, he said, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if I believe in miracles. How about we just pray based on your faith? And he began to pray and speak to that arm. And, and I saw the video clip where it had just reached right out and stretched out and completely whole. The next day he said, what is this going to do to my ministry? I said, it's going to change, brother. <laughs> his, words, his words as we were sitting there and filmed this little clip, he said, from now on I am a Baptocostal. Amen. 
that, that he realized that God is still working miracles even though his theological training had tried to tell him otherwise. You know, you have to convince people that God doesn't still work today. Do you know that? You are naturally supernatural. It has to be educated out of you in order for you to believe that God is not alive and working in the lives of people. Amen? How about flip to the next one if you would. Uh, this in June, I went, uh, well, I was in Kenya in uh, April and ministered on the streets and, and just went into the, uh, some of the housing districts with an army truck and ministered on the street. And it's a wonderful thing to see people hang out their window and rave from you on rooftops and give their life to Christ. It's a wonderful thing. But you know what thrilled me more is to talk to the pastor of uh, Calvary Covenant Center there in Nairobi. And he said, but I'm seeing those people are planted back in my church and they're going through the discipleship process. Not only did they make a commitment, but they're following through. Discipleship is following up. Then in June, we went back and we took uh, six, uh, six of us from Northeast North Carolina, three teenagers that had never, never preached before, never been out of the country before. And this is one of the first schools we went to. We took them to markets uh, and let them pray for people in the marketplace and see God working just in the, in the day-to-day marketplace. Uh, but the schools are open for the preaching of the gospel. It, it may not look like it in this picture, but this school was 1,600 kids. And when we got there, they were singing a Muslim song. And we realized that if something has to change here, that they begin to, uh, these young men begin to give little illustrations. And one of them, the last one, uh, gave an illustration about the Holy Spirit. He said, Pastor David, would you come and pray? And as I prayed, the Holy Spirit just fell in that place. And in a public school, I saw 250, 300 kids get filled with the Holy Spirit, begin to speak in other tongues. That God is moving everywhere where he has an opportunity to move. The only thing that stops God from moving is us. Amen? That the, that the schools are open. We left there. We went to another crusade. Go to the next one. We went to another crusade with Pastor Peter Dosick in a, in a small village called Montanto in the Kisi region of Kenya. And uh, not the largest crusade that I've been in, but the largest harvest I ever saw. That in five days of, of ministering to people, we saw 62,000 people make a commitment to Jesus Christ. Amen. There is a harvest and the world is waiting. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In a, in a, just a rural area that God is pouring out his spirit. How about go to the next one, if you will. This is the, the last uh, trip I just came back on in September. I, uh, as Pastor Kim said, I went to Tanzania. I work with Tanzania Assembly of God. I am ordained with the Assemblies of God, but for, uh, for this cause international is a separate and independent organization. Um, because we have no paradigm for what I'm doing. We have no box to put me in. And my solution is build me another box. Amen? That's my solution. We'll see how that works in the future. Amen? So I, I uh, went through uh, Kenya, visited some friends, then went to uh, Tanzania. This particular picture uh, the, was the second person that came up and gave testimony. He had been deaf for three years and got immediately, immediately, I didn't lay hands on him. He came to the platform to give testimony. I said, if you're deaf, put your finger in your own ear. And as he did so, he said, God began to just immediately open his ears. The very first woman that gave testimony was blind for a year and a half. And God opened her eyes just in the preaching of the word. No laying on of hands, no, no, nothing of that nature, just God sovereignly touching people as the word of God is presented. God is moving all over the place. And I know this, God wants to move here today. Amen. He wants to move in your life. We didn't come just for, a, just for a gathering. I know some of you brought food. Praise God for the food. Praise God for the pumpkin pie. But we didn't come for pumpkin pie. Amen. I didn't drive across North Carolina for pumpkin pie. Amen. But I did come to see God do something in your life. And I believe he's going to touch people today. Amen. Thank you for your time. Pastor Kim. And that's just a, a glimpse. We've been in the Philippines and all over, and, and God is using David. You know, David is a, is a man like, like every one of us or, and his wife, and, and, and just felt the call of God on his life. And so he got credentialed with the Assemblies of God, and God told him to go. And he'd just been following God to go. And, and as he said, there's no paradigm for it. The Assemblies of God, World Missions, we don't have missionary evangelists anymore. We have a, you know, a couple uh, been grafted in, grandfathered in like Michael Marigold Cheshire that we support. But for the most part, we don't do that. We go in and we train indigenous people to become pastors and so forth. And that's a really good idea. Uh, but, you know, somebody needs to be the fire starter. 
Somebody needs to, you know, get the, you know, get them saved and, and uh, encourage and motivate others. And so that's, that's what he's doing. And my, my advice is don't build another box. Just kick the walls out and do whatever God tells you to do. So, and, um, uh, you know, so my philosophy is it's better to get forgiveness than permission. Um, so anyway, but so we want to support that. One of, the, one of the biggest problems with anybody that wants to start a ministry is finances, and uh, so I want to tell you today that we're going to pray and ask God what to do. But it's, you know, it's important. We're sowing into a tremendous field that is producing a harvest. We never bring anybody here that's not solid, that's not balanced, that's not doing wonderful work for God. So whenever we, you see someone in this pulpit besides one of us, you can depend upon it. They're, they are producing fruit, and we want, to, we want to take a part of that. I may not be able to go to Kenya or Tanzania with David or... And we might be able to do that. We might be able to hook up a team and go with him uh, down the road if you like. If you might be interested in that, we'd like to take a team over uh, to Kenya or Tanzania or Philippines or wherever. Um, but uh, in the meantime, uh, you can play a part in those souls. I mean, imagine one meeting, sixty-two thousand people get saved. Well, five meetings, sixty-two thousand people get saved. I've seen some awesome things myself, and and God is moving. So let's be a part of that, gentlemen. If you would come and let's let's just bow our heads in a moment and pray, Holy Spirit. Tell us what to do. Lord, we know there's a work to be done. And I know the, the, the sacrifices that David and Kim are making to obey the voice of the Spirit. And I know the, the cost of doing ministry. Father, I thank you for providing abundantly above what even he can ask or imagine. Thank you that we serve a God who is greater, who has got the resources of heaven that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And Father, you are the one who said, I will provide all your needs according to my riches and glory. So Lord, as we sacrifice, I thank you for providing back and I thank you for multiplying it to the production of the, for the harvest, O oh God. Lord, for souls, for, for people to be healed, saved, for the gospel to be preached to the poor. Father, we never go anywhere where they ever give us an offering. But thank you, Lord, that you can, we can go. And Lord, people like David can go with our support and our prayers. He's not just looking for your finances. He wants your prayer support. There's cards out in the lobby. But Father, thank you for providing these funds. Lord, let us be obedient to what you tell us to do. And we'll give you the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Thank you for doing your very best. Morning, it seems like there's just a swirl of things. A lot of things that God is doing. I believe bringing us to a new place. Amen. Today I'm going to just talk with you a little bit about some unknown things. You know, I have a dear friend that, uh, that in fact, I'm currently teaching school to spirit at his church, an independent Pentecostal church, and very educated man. And his comment to me continually is, is his prayer is, God, just teach me what I don't know. Just show me what I don't know. Uh, Deuteronomy says this in Deuteronomy 29.9. says, the secret things belong to the, to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we, we may do all the words of this law. The things that are revealed belong to us and, and to our children. It's a heritage, amen? There are some things that we are contending for, and some of you are wondering why you're going through the battle, because it's not about you. It's about your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, young gentlemen that played the guitar right there. Some things you've been wrestling with. And you know what? Even as we sang that song, I felt like that was prophetic over your life, that there's a shift and there's a transition taking place in you, and you're going to move from asking God for to thanking him it's done. Amen? You know, there comes a place where we ask God for things, and, we, and I appreciate the idea of we're believing by faith, but you know what? I've come to a place where I don't want to spend the rest of my life saying, oh, I'm believing by faith, and I was just hoping so. Sometimes Pentecostal folks can just fluff it off. We say it's faith, and really, well, you know, it'd be nice if he did, but, and there's really no faith involved. I want to see the manifestation of you know, when I, when I went to Tanzania, there was that young lady that came up, old lady that came up, really. There was not a matter of, oh, I'm believing God to open my eyes. She had to make a declaration. I was blind, and now I see. There has to be something that we have for our community, and the only thing we really have to give them is what God has done in our life. 
they're not concerned about our theology. They really don't care. They do want to know what has God done for you. And they don't want to know what God did for you 50 years ago. They want to know what God did for you this morning. And we need to walk in the spirit and live in those things. Amen. Paul wrote to the church of Corinth and said, fix, our, fix your eyes in on the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. That we need to fix our vision, fix our eyes upon some of the spiritual things, some of the things in, in that realm, and realize that that's reality. This is just temporary. This is just temporary. The writer of Proverbs says this, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. That we are continually on a search for the things of the kingdom. Amen? You know, one, one person said it this way, God likes to play hide and seek with his children. How many of you, they got some grandparents in the crowd here, right? A few, what's the first thing you did with that little bundle of joy? Ooh, whoop, whoop, peekaboo. And you just laughed, you just thought that was wonderful, oh, you just thought... You were, you were right there all along, but now you've been revealed to them in a whole new way. You know, I think that's what, how we need to approach God, that he wants to reveal some new things to us. He wants to reveal some things to us, and once he does, then we have them. They become a heritage for us and for our children and our children's children. Jesus said it this way, ask, seek, and knock. Everyone that asks receives. He who seeks finds. Uh, to him who knocks, there, the door will be open. It tells me there's some barriers to some things. There's some things that we have to press past, some things that we have to ask for, some things that we have to aggressively take. That's already been spoken of prophetically today. There's a place where heaven has suffered violent, and violent men have taken it by force. And Daniel says this, those that know their God have an experiential relationship with their God, shall be strong and do. You know what? You can't be strong without doing. You can't know him without doing. You can't say, I have a relationship and it's alive and vital and then not do. It's a natural outcoming of, of who we are as we encounter him that something has to transpire in my life. I I have to do. Can I, can I, before I even preach, can I just tell you what I'm wrestling with? I told Pastor Kim this in the office. The reality is I share with people and it's a wonderful thing to see God touch lives and see thousands of people come to Christ, to see blind eyes open and deaf ears unstopped. It's wonderful. And then you have to come home and you say, God, if you don't do something in me, I'm going to die. You've got to move in me. There's got to be something in us, like, like, like the psalmist said, Israel knew his works, but Moses knew his ways. God, I want to know you. I don't want to just know about you. I don't want to just see what you did. I don't want to just record the things that you did in other people's life, but I want to know you. I want to know your ways. I want to have an intimate relationship with you. And that's ever growing and ever expanding. You see, as we talk about in some unknown things, in Acts 17, Paul goes to a church at Athens. He's been in Thessalonica. He's, he had some problems there. So he began to reason with people, and then he goes to Berea, and he says they're more noble than the others because they did something the American church ought to learn to do. They searched their Bible daily to see if what they said was true. Y'all missed that one. Amen? We need to search and see if what Pastor David Metz is saying is a reality. Check me out. And then he comes to Athens. And he says he was grieved because of all those, all those uh, uh, idols in that place. But then he comes to a place, the statue to the unknown God. And as I read that, I realized that he doesn't rebuke them for their idolatry. He says, you've been worshiping something without knowing him. You've been worshiping without understanding. Let me, let me declare who he is. I wondered, I wondered as I read that, how many times have we come into the body of Christ and we worship God without knowing him? We said, say things like, oh, I, I know he can heal. If he wants to, then you don't know him as your healer. I know he can provide. It's all in his timing. Then you don't know him as your provider. You don't. You don't know him in that way. And I wonder if there are times that we could come into the, the very presence of God. We come to, into the fellowship of believers and, and we're worshiping someone that we don't really know in our hearts. Just say, God, I want to know you. I want you to reveal yourself to me in a whole new way. And Paul begins to unravel some things to them. He talks about he's, he's the God of creation, but he's also the Lord of your life. He determined where you live. 
He determined that you would be here today. You see, we say that, but I'm, sometimes I'm not sure we believe that. Today marks the beginning of the rest of your life. From this point on, everything else in your life brought you up to this place today that God wants to have an encounter with you. He said he appointed us to live in certain times. You're here in 2019. In certain places, you're here in Asheboro First Assembly. And he might determine the extent of their habitation. He's even determined the influence you're going to have in the world. Amen. He's made some prearranged things for you. And he said he did all this that we might reach out and find him. He did this just so that we could know him and we could understand who he is. He's an unknown God that wants to reveal himself to us. Paul said it this way. He finished there. He, he reasoned with them. Once again, he's trying to articulate things. You know, see, what I have found the last few years is this. If all I have is good information, then really I'm no better than the Jehovah's Witness. They have good information. I'm no better than the Mormons. They got good information. I'm no, I'm no better than the Muslims. We just have an intellectual argument. What separates Christianity from all those other things is, is say, my God is alive. He's real, and he'll move in your life right now. I was in Kampala, Uganda, and I went to the market, just me and an interpreter and one other, one other man, really was like a bodyguard. And as I went around and just ministered to people and shared with people, there was a woman there. I knew she was, I could tell she was injured. And, and, and her comment was, well, I'm a Muslim. I said, it doesn't matter. Jesus will heal you anyway. And as I prayed for her, other people made fun. I could tell they were laughing. But Jesus healed her. And I just blessed her. I didn't say anything else to her. I didn't feel like I should do anything else at that time. I just blessed her that she would prosper, her business would prosper, and I left. And as I walked around the market, I came back around the other side and she chased me down. She said, hey, 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 when's that, where's that meeting that you're preaching at tonight? I think, I'm, I think I'm going to come. You see, the world is waiting for us to reveal the unknown God to them. Romans says this, that we receive a spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. But then it goes on and says the whole world groans in travail, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. The whole world is waiting for you to take your rightful place. The whole world is waiting for you to walk in the power and the anointing that Christ has given you. There's some things that are unknown. And Paul says he wants to know him. As he, as he leaves Athens, he goes to Corinth. And, and, and when he writes later to the church of Corinth, he says that this, I determined to not to know anything. I made a choice not to know anything except Jesus Christ crucified. And my, my preaching came not with enticing words of wisdom, but with the demonstration of power and of the Holy Spirit. You see, sometimes in a service like this, we can believe that. But the reality is you need to believe that on your job come Monday morning. You need to believe that as you go in the marketplace. I, 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 love, I love going overseas to minister. I, I love ministering here. But you know what? I like it when I can walk in Panera Bread and God says, <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> and it gives you a window of about 90 seconds to pray for somebody and see them healed, see them delivered before the, rush, the lunch crowd comes rushing in. God wants to use you right where you are, and when you do, you are expanding the kingdom of God. There's some unknown things. This unknown God will use unknown people. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He says, there's not many wise among you, not many influential, not many noble. We, sometimes I'm not sure we like that. I wonder sometimes have we gotten so, so educated, so influential, that we've forgotten the nature and the power and the character of God. There's an unknown people that God will use. We like titles. We like, pastor introduced me, said, yeah, whatever you call him. That's okay with me. Call me David. I ministered in a church. They said, what? I, in, in Greensboro, they said, well, what are you? I said, actually, I'm a pastor that teaches God's words. I love to evangelize the lost. I speak prophetically and have an apostolic flavor. You can do with that whatever you want. It's okay. God wants to use some unknown people. You don't need a title. I'm reminded of the prophet Amos, and he said this. He's, he was being questioned about his ministry. Why are you doing what you're doing the way you're doing it? And he says, I was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I was a sheep herder and a tender of sycamore figs. 
You know, as I, as I prayed into that, I began to wonder and wonder what God is doing in our lives. You see, there's a, a place where we can become a, a very proficient. One translation says he was a master herdsman. We can become very proficient at reproducing what somebody else established. Did you hear me? I, I know sheep beget sheep. You know, as, as I began to pray about coming here several weeks ago, I sensed, I sensed there was this transition. There's a shift, Pastor David. There's, uh, and I didn't know what was taking place. And then I spoke with Pastor Kim the other day on the phone, and he informed me of some of what that shift is. But I'm not sure all of it has sunk in yet. Because there's a place that, that we just don't tend what somebody else and reproduce something like the previous generation. You know, as, I, as I've ministered around, what I have found is this. People respond to God sometimes the way they responded last time. Out of a genuine heart to see God move in their life, they just do what they feel like God did the last time he touched me. I was, I was preaching in uh, uh, eastern North Carolina, and, and this lady was at the altar. Everybody else had been ministered to. I said, well, what are you waiting for? She said, I'm waiting for God to touch me. I said, you don't have to wait anymore. And as soon as I did, she hung her head over. She started acting like she was drunk. She started falling around. I said, hey, hey, knock that off. Knock it off. Somebody got up and started moving chairs. I said, does she act this way all the time? He said, oh, yeah. I said, hey, knock it off. God's going to do something new in your life. In a matter of two minutes, she was praying and singing in tongues, a whole new language. And the pastor has told me since then, she doesn't respond that way anymore. You see, we can laugh about those things, but the reality is she really wanted God to touch her. But all she knew, her only paradigm, was what she experienced before. So let me go back and replicate what God did last time. Let me challenge you to let God move in your life today in a fresh and a new way, in a dimension that you've never been touched before. Amen? God wants, this unknown God wants to use unknown people. And he'll give them unknown practices. He'll begin to do things in you and through you. He'll give you unknown practices. I'm reminded, reminded Amos has said he didn't know any, uh, didn't have a background, didn't have a history. If you have that, that's wonderful, that's great. But, but I wonder sometimes, do we get so far away from the initial push? I shared with my wife yesterday a, a, a post from a young lady in Cassese. And, and look, her name is Prossy. She's not exactly an attractive woman. She's a big girl. She was dancing. She was jumping the air and laying on her backside. And I mean, she's, she's dancing with all her might and tumbling and rolling around. And, and I mean, she was a, just a ball of sweat. And then, the, then a couple of days later, I was in a church that she was at. And she says, let me tell you why I worship the way I worship. She said her father was the head false prophet in the region. He had all these guys underneath him. They call him a false prophet, it's a witch doctor, They're just in a suit. She said she was the youngest of seven children, and she watched as her father offered them up as a human sacrifice, one by one. And when her time came and she realized I'm next, she completely lost her mind and wandered the street for three years. Three years, she said she ate out of garbage cans and just ate whatever she found on the street, and one day Jesus appeared to her and touched her and brought deliverance to her mind, clarity to her. She said, when you see me dance, that's why I dance the way I dance, because God has delivered me. God has done a supernatural work in me. God wants to do something in you, and he'll give you a worship that no one else will understand. Amen? And it really doesn't matter if they understand or not. God understands. He'll take these unknown people and he gives them unknown practices. How do we go about doing things? How do we accomplish some things? I, I sense even in this house, there's some things being released that are different than in the past. There's some things that are transpiring. There's some things that are uh, inventions and some things, uh, 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 an entrepreneurial spirit even. Some things that are going to take place and it's not going to be the way it was before. Amen? You see, we get comfortable with how things are. I bet... Probably half of you are sitting in the same seat you sat in last Sunday. A whole bunch. We just get comfortable in a routine. We're people of routine. We like that. Let your routine be about 3.15 a.m. and say, God, I'm setting an appointment with you, and I'm going to be there whether you show up or not. And your only prayer needs to be, God, I'm making myself available to you. 
you'll find he'll meet you there. Doesn't matter if it's at your kitchen table or in your favorite chair or wherever it is, but you set aside a time to meet with God and he'll give you some unknown, some unknown practices. Daniel was said to be a man in whom resided the spirit of God, but the whole nation realized he was a man of wisdom and understanding. He could fix problems. Amen? But the world is waiting to see what kind of problems we create and what kind of problems we solve. Daniel was able to, to fix some things. He had some things that, that uh, were, were just some unknown practices. Even as the handwriting appeared on the wall, no one else could understand what it was, and they bring Daniel in. You know, if you read every book that I've ever read, as far as every commentary, they'll say, they'll explain that away. I think we have a written record of tongues and interpretation of tongues. I, I can't understand anything else that it could be. Mene tekel eupharsin. Three, three words in our English language. Only three words, but it tore down one kingdom. It established a new authority. Amen? God will begin to give you some unknown practices. And it's not just a matter of what you experienced in the past. What I'm finding is I'm ministering to people. It's people. That Wednesday night, I preached at a church, and six people begin to pray, not in what we call their prayer language, but in a whole different language. And what they found is they begin to shift from one language to another as they focus on areas of their life. God will give you some unknown practices. Amen? Daniel had the spirit of a holy God residing in him. The scriptures say about us in 2 Corinthians 5.21, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see, you have to begin to see yourself that way. You have to begin to understand that you are the righteousness of God, that you have the mind of Christ. I've been told, oh, David, that's arrogant. No, that's confident. There's a difference. I, I, I'm not confident in who David is, but I'm confident in who God is in David. Amen? You know, I was in a, I was in a conference about this time last fall, and they did, make, and I, when it happened, I wondered, God, have I ever done that? And, and they gave an altar call, and they said, oh, let us all pray together. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, don't you dare talk about yourself that way. That's not who you are. That's who you were. You're now the righteousness of God in Christ. You now have his mind. You now have his spirit indwelling in you. You're not somebody just patched up. The world has not yet seen who you are. The Bible says that you become a new creation, not a patched up version of your former self. And so many Christians I encounter are just trying to live a patched up version of who they once were. And you have a whole brand new DNA. God infused you with his nature and his character. This unknown God uses unknown people, gives them unknown practices. David had a sling. The world said, no, you need the armor of Saul. All he had was a rock and a sling. Moses had a stick and delivered a nation. Shamgar had an ox goad and delivered a nation. And God wants to use some practices in your life in order to bring about deliverance in the lives of other people. In Matthew 9, Jesus was questioned, how come all the disciples of John fast? And how come all the, all the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't fast? You see, some things we need to do with a whole new mindset. Jesus' response was, how can they fast when the bridegroom's still with them? If you've never fasted, you need to make that a part of your routine. Routine. But you need to do it for a whole new way. Jews would fast because they're broken over their sin. If you're still broken over your sin, you don't understand the forgiveness of God. You don't understand what grace really is. Grace is not, oh, it didn't matter. No, it mattered, David. It mattered. But God's grace enables me to overcome that. I don't have to live in that. I don't have to dwell in that. Now we fast because my heart longs for the one that's coming back soon. Now my, now my heart is broken over the one that, that there seems to be this separation that he said there shouldn't be a separation and I want to be with him. That should be our motivation. Lord, like David said, Lord, you're more important than my daily food. You know, earlier this year, I was praying and I felt like the Lord said to me about the church, he said, for 2,000 years, I've poured out grace gifts and adornments upon my church. For 2,000 years, I've lavished gifts upon my body, and now it's time for the bride to adorn herself and begin to walk with me so that we can fellowship one with another, and I can begin to speak to her about our future. 
together. God wants you to adorn yourself with the grace gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God upon your life. I, I, I'm longing. I, I ask God, God, I don't, want to, I don't want to be able to walk through Walmart without somebody getting saved. I read about those things. I hear where Peter's shadow fell on people and they were healed. If he did it for Peter, he'll do it for us. Am I asking? Am I seeking? Am I finding? There's a new motivation. Sometimes we have to do some old things, perhaps in a, a new way, a new dimension. There's an unknown product that's produced. Amos, Amos was told, now God took him. Now, not, not just producing something that you did in the past, not just breeding sheep that you did before, not just tending what somebody else planted. I looked up and it said the sycamore fig doesn't really produce its best until it's over 50 years old. We can just begin to tend things. We can just become managers of our Christian experience. And he says, God took me, forcefully snatched me, and said, prophesy. Begin to speak in your world in such a way that you create something new. Begin to speak in a way that the atmosphere shifts. Begin to speak in a way that you align heaven and earth, that the prayers that Jesus told us to pray, thy will be done, thy kingdom come, is a reality in our life, not just a good theory. Years ago, a number of years ago now, somebody said to me as I was traveling to another nation, he said, that idea of, is this just a theory? I believe God does heal, or do I believe he is the healer? I can't live with a theory. I don't believe you can either. This unknown God uses unknown people, gives them unknown practices to produce an unknown product, to align heaven and earth where healing, healing is there instead of sickness, where prosperity is there instead of poverty, where peace is there instead of confusion and despair. We're coming up into the, the, the Christmas season, a time that should be joyous, a time that should be, uh, um, we should enjoy family and celebrate the birth of our Savior and all those things. And, and yet you look around and it's a time where most of the world will fall into depression. And they're waiting to see, do you really care? Or are you so busy? I'm reminded a couple years ago, I took out money to go Christmas shopping. I had my little list And I got in the store and I saw a young lady. And she was just staring at this little, it was a child's toy. She was just staring at it. I had no intention of sharing this today. She was just staring at this child's toy. And it's like, like for a moment I could read her mind. It's like 10 bucks. It's like she's looking at it and going, I wish I had the money to buy that for my little girl. My heart broke for her. I found myself weeping. I snuck around the corner. I took all the money I had for Christmas and said, here, buy your family something this year. And what I did is then I wrote a letter to every one of my family members that didn't get a gift. I said, here's what I did with the resources that I was going to spend on you. And what I found was a time of brokenness, a time where my family said, that's the best thing you could have ever done. No, I've never thought about doing anything like that. The world is waiting to see, do you really care? Are we too busy about our routine? Do we really care to stop and minister to them? Paul wrote to the church of Corinth. He says, eyes not seen. I've quoted it earlier. Ears not heard. Neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And then he quotes an Old Testament prophet. He says, and in Isaiah 64, 4, it says this, that, 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 that he acts for those that wait for him, those that stick to him, those, those that are actively pursuing him, those that are diligently chasing after God. You know, what I find is as I pursue God, I'm chasing him, and I think I almost got him, and he slips up behind me and says, gotcha. The one that I'm pursuing is pursuing me. God wants to do something new in your life and give you a new, whole new product, a whole new paradigm for living. Ephesians 3.10 says this, Now through the church the wisdom of God will be made known to principalities and powers. 
You know, every time you operate in a supernatural arena, you are declaring to to principalities and powers that Jesus has ascended on high, that his sacrifice was enough, that the Holy Spirit has been poured out, that he is triumphant, and they are defeated. You don't have to scream and holler and shout at the devil. All you have to do is operate in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and you'll change and align the atmosphere. The bride has to adorn herself because there's a place we need to operate with an unknown presence. In Acts chapter 4, it says this about Peter and John. They, they had that great miracle where uh, a cripple's healed at the gate called Beautiful. And it says, when they questioned him, it said they realized these men were untrained, unlearned, uneducated, just fishermen. But they took notice that they had been with Jesus. Praise God for all the theological colleges. Praise God for all the Bible schools. Praise God for all the training. One of the things I love to do is impart and invest into pastors when I go into foreign places. But what I see is people that sometimes don't, you know, I've encountered pastors that don't have a whole Bible. They'll take a Bible and they'll cut it up and you get Matthew and I get John. And when you memorize that, we'll switch. But I can take notice. They've been with Jesus. That's what the world is looking for. Have you been with him? Has he influenced? Has he impacted your life? Has has this unknown God become known to you? Has he given you some some unknown practices? Are you operating in a hence unknown way? Jesus said this in John 14, 21. Everyone who has my commands and keeps them is he that loves me. You see, our our level of revelation has to be matched by our level of obedience. Did you hear what I said? To a group of people that have multiple Bibles, commentaries, internet, Google search, the level of our revelation has to be matched or exceeded by our level of obedience. What did God tell you to do last? What have you not released that he given you to before? What are you hanging on to? Believing God for more? Give away. Empty yourself out. Empty yourself out and let God fill you anew. Isn't that what happened? Isn't that the pattern that we see in the book of Acts? In Acts 2, the Holy Spirit's poured out. In Acts 3, they're, get, they're doing miracles. In Acts 4, they're being threatened. They're questioned, and they, and they pray, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servant to pray with great boldness. Stretch forth your hand and perform signs and wonders, and the whole building is shook. My prayer is that this whole place would be shaken. I'd be satisfied when we see the flags begin to wave and it's not the air conditioner that's kicked on. When the building begins to shake and the foundations of our lives begin to shake and we realize, God, it's only you that I can stand upon. There's an unknown God that wants to reveal himself and he wants you to carry an unknown presence and he wants you to move with his unknown power. You see, what I'm finding is there is a shift. There's a shift within the body of Christ and something is transpiring because there was a time in a meeting like this you expected the evangelist to come and lay hands on people. People fall down in the aisle. God's saying, how about you pray for them? You know, I was ministering in Kenya, I guess was in September. A lot of college students and the Holy Spirit just fell. They had questions. They just had questions. We just talked for about an hour and a half and said, well, let's pray. About 60 kids get filled with the Holy Ghost. And there's ones that are sick. And I said, Heavy, how about put your hands on your own neck? Pray this way. Nobody ever touched her. Completely healed. Completely whole. Today, God wants to move in your life. And this unknown God wants to reveal himself to you in a way that changes and transforms your life, not just to have an experience, not just to have a good service, say, oh, that was nice. Let's go get pumpkin pie. But in a way where you say, you know what? Whatever I experienced here, I can reproduce because the things that are revealed belong to me. Amen? And they belong to our children. And they belong to our children's children. You know, as I was praying about this service and and thought about the transition that was taking, even before I knew the transition that was taking place, and I thought, Pastor Kim, how how there's a price that's to be paid, how David had to pay a price to bring in the presence, restore the presence of God, at least make it attainable in the house of Obed-Edom. But Solomon enjoyed the glory. Pastor David, 
God's calling you to bring in the glory. It's not enough to have a presence. There has to be something that changes and transpires our life where the priests fall down and says they could not minister because of the glory. It cannot be business as usual. Amen? How about today? How about staying with me, if you will? I want to pray for you. I want, to, I want to ask you, if there's people that are here today and they need healing in their body, I, I felt like there's somebody that has corporal tunnel syndrome. Is there somebody that has corporal tunnel? If that's you, let me see your hand real quick. If that's you. Hey, get over here. <clears throat> what are you doing with corporal tunnel? And there's somebody else I felt like there has a, 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 something in their brain stem. I felt like the Lord spoke to me this morning. Their brain stem, I don't know if it's early onset of dementia or what it is, or you or somebody in your family, if that's you. In fact, if you need healing in your body, I want you to come on down to this side. Don't wait for me to call something out. You just come down to this side, and we're going to pray for you. But if you say today, I need something more, and I realize there's, I've worshiped God sometimes in an unknown way, and I want him to reveal himself to me in a whole new dimension. I want you to come down on this side. We're going to pray for the fire of God to come upon your life. Amen. He's going to begin to reveal himself to you in dreams and visions. You're going to begin to speak in multiple languages. You're going to begin to operate in gifts of the Spirit in a whole new dimension. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You and young lady, you in Master's Commission? Yeah, you. You're not. Come here. Come here. You're born again, right? Huh? You're born again? Oh, you're born. Yeah. Uh, you're born again, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, 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 come, come over here. I need some help. Come up. Yeah, come up here. Come here. Come up here. Uh, you're born again. You filled with the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Okay. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor. Now listen. Listen. Now listen. You pray this way. Okay? Pray this way. Okay? Okay? I take authority right now. Ah! You, you pray the way I tell you to pray. Okay? Okay? He's, God's going to reveal. Listen. He's going to, listen. Who's running this show? No, Jesus is. Thank you. Let's do it his way. Okay? Pray this way. I take authority right now. Over this corporal tunnel, I rebuke all nerve damage, inflammation, command it to be gone. Come out. Bother him no more. I release healing. I release a working of miracles. I release peace in Jesus' name. Now, tell him to do something. Move your hands. What did it do? It's, huh? It's coming. It's not there yet. Okay? But it's a change. Okay? So what do you do? Huh? Thank you, Lord. I bless. I bless what you are doing. I just bless what you're doing. Huh? Bring it through to completion. Amen. Amen. Hey, hey, you did good. You know what? God revealed today he can do a miracle through you. He can do that anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. You can do that at McDonald's, Walmart. Amen. Public school, private school. Anywhere. If he can touch nerve damage, what do you think he can touch backs and legs? And you think he can do more stuff than that? Amen. You think he can use you? I think he can too. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're you're here today, you got pain in your body. How many of you got pain? Just pain in your body. Put your hand right where your pain is. The brain stem? Okay. Okay. All right. Let me pray for you. If you got pain in your body, put your hand right where your, your pain is right now. Now, Father, right now, we take authority over pain right now in the name of Jesus. For back issues, we command spinal cords to come in line right now to adjust. Father, we release the power of the Holy Spirit to adjust their backs. Father, Father, we speak that that fluid in between the disc would return right now in Jesus' name. Father, for those with, with things in their neck, Lord God, right now, Father, we rebuke that in Jesus' name. All pain to come out. Loose them. Loose them right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we release healing. Healing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
Father, for the acid reflux, for those, those things that would cause us pain in our chest and our abdominal region right now, we command it to come out right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, there you go. There you go. You just thank you. It's a done deal. There you go. What's going on with you? Huh? Move. Bend. Twist. Do something you couldn't do before. Touch them toes. Touch them. Been a long time since you touched them toes. Come on. Huh? Laugh about it. Huh? Could you do that before? You could? Huh? Something different? Something changed? You did. Okay. Who touched you? Who touched you? I didn't touch you. God touched you. The Bible says, freely you receive, freely give. Amen? Give. You look for somebody with back pain. You tell them your testimony and you pray for them. What about you? What's going on with you? You had neck and pain in your head? What's going on? It's gone? Gone. It's gone. Amen. That young lady there, grab her. Don't come back here. Come back here. Oh, you thought you were going to get away. You thought I didn't see you. Come okay. What about this gentleman right here? What's going on with you? Huh? Back problem. Ben, do something you couldn't do before. Huh? Is it different? Is it the same? Is, come here. Come here. Turn, turn around here. Huh? How'd you, did, you, did you hurt your back? Did you injure your back? Okay, Father, right now, I command every joint, every ligament right now in the name of Jesus to come in line, Father. His spinal cord across his hips right now in Jesus' name. And I release the power of God into his life. Father, may the heat and the fire of God move through him right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I rebuke doubt. Right there and even down in the sciatic nerve right there in Jesus' name. Release healing now in Jesus' name. Now, bend over. Bend over. What's going on? It's getting better. You're not so sure about this, are you? You ain't so sure about this. Huh? You're sure. Huh? Here's the thing. Do you know that God has healed you? He hung upon the cross 2,000 years ago and said, it is finished. It's done. It's done. Amen? Amen. What's going on with you? tissue to come back. Father, we speak growth. We speak life to this right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we come against all shaking, all trembling, all, all forms of dementia, Lord God, all forgetfulness right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we release healing to him right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Jesus in the name of Jesus function the way you created her to function function Father, we speak joy to her right now Father. no more no more swaying back and forth no sense of, uh, of, of, of even that bipolar stuff father right now father we speak complete healing to her right now in Jesus name a sound clear mind Lord God father I ask you to release a song into her life Lord she might worship you she might praise you in a whole new dimension in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Rebecca. Well, Father, right now, we just rebuke. We rebuke that right now in Jesus' name. All infirmity, all weakness right now in Jesus' name. We command it to come out, Father, in Jesus' name. We speak to the blood. You said life is in the blood, Father. We speak life there right now. That everything that come in line, Lord God, his sugar level would be normal. His pressure would be normal. Father, that drop, that drop he feels when it seems like all energy is gone, Lord God, that that would dissipate, that would be gone now in Jesus' name. Father, in the next three days, he would notice something significant is changing in life. Something significant. himself to you in a whole new way. I want you to come down right here. See, sometimes we hesitate. When I look and I see the first couple people that move are pastors, it blesses my heart. It blesses my heart. No matter where you are at, no matter what you've experienced before, no matter, no matter what you've seen, God wants to reveal himself to you in a whole new dimension, a whole new dynamic. Yeah. Hallelujah. of you would say you've never you've never experienced the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You may not even understand it. That's okay. Let me see your hand real quick. You've never experienced that with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Anyone? Huh? Not in this church. And now God's got to move us from faith to faith and glory to glory. Paul wrote to the church at Philippians and said, I want to know him. I want to know him. A church that was birthed out of a Macedonian uh, revelation, a church that was birthed supernaturally. And he says, I want to know God. At the latter part of his ministry, you want to know God. How about just lift your hands to him and let's just look up to heaven because I believe God's going to begin to release some things in you and on you and you're going to begin to experience some things that you haven't experienced before you're going to have to begin to write some things down and you're going to have to record them because it's going to take you a while to unravel them let me encourage you you ask God about the meaning before you share them with anybody with anybody I'm going to pray for you and then I'm just going to count to three. As I say three, I want us in unison. Let's just, let's just begin to worship God in a whole new dimension. As you begin to focus on this ministry and a transition that's taking place, let, let God shift your prayer language. Let him, let him begin to speak in tongues in a whole new way, a whole new avenue. Some of you, even around this altar, you're going to be, get a, a little picture that's going to flash through your mind. And you need to record it and write it down because it's full of information. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Today, you've spoken to us about your unknown attributes. But you've told us, Lord, what, what we apprehend belongs to us and to our children. Lord, we're asking, reveal yourself to us in a whole new dimension. We thank you, Lord. You're, you're our Savior, Lord. We thank you. Our, you're our Lord. We thank you that you're, you're the infiller. 
Father, we thank you. You revealed yourself today as the healer. Lord, now, now do those things that our mind cannot imagine, Lord God. Begin to open things, things, do things in our life that we can't even think about, Lord God. All we can do is receive. Father, we ask that you come. We thank you, Lord. Get ready. The Holy Spirit's going to fall on you in a whole new, whole new way, a whole new dimension. You're not going to copy somebody else. You're going to create something new. It's never been seen before. Never been seen. There'll be people to tell you it's the wrong way to do it. Just follow his voice. Just follow his voice. Amen. Father, we thank you right now. Two, get ready. Come, Holy Spirit. Three, right now. Begin to fall upon people. Begin to fall upon people. Upon young men, Lord God. Let's just wait on the Lord. We're, you know, that food's going to be there. There's plenty of it. Just, just stay in an attitude of worship. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. If you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with heaven speaking in other tongues, just use your prayer language this morning. He said, on the count of three, you're going to shift into another level. I just really sense the, that tsunami's coming, and it's here. If you can receive it, walk in the midst of it. Let the Spirit of God wash over you, wash you push you forward into another realm. Holy Spirit, you're worthy. Just praise him. Just praise him. Worship him. Pray in the Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for revival. Thank you for souls. Thank you for a passion for the lost. Thank you for your anointing, Jesus. That when we leave this place, we leave as ambassadors of Christ from another kingdom proclaiming the good news of the kingdom wherever we go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can keep playing. Just just stay in an attitude of worship for another four minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is the Lord speaking to anyone else today? you have a word from the Lord for us, for the body of Christ? Holy Spirit, you're worthy. You're welcome. This is your day. This is the day that you have been waiting for. You have waited a long time. Now, if you will only reach up in faith and touch me, this is your day. Receive all that I have for you. It's there for you. Now take it. Receive in my name. Thank you. Somebody's right knee is being healed. Just move that knee. If that was you, just move the knee up and down. Do something you couldn't do with it a minute ago. Thank you for that knee being healed, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for pancreas to be made whole, oh God. Every pancreas function normally, Lord. In the name of Jesus. We curse sugar diabetes in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You have no authority in the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Migraines are going. Somebody's been suffering from migraines. God is healing them in the now in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on your forehead. That's where the pain's been in the front. Just rebuke it. Say, thank you, Lord, that you're healing me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. That right ear is opening. In the name of Jesus. It's been closed. You've had it open and it's closed and you're having some pain. In the name of Jesus, that ear open now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come up higher. Hear the voice of the Lord say, come up higher. Don't settle for where you were. There's another way to go. There's another way to walk. Come up higher, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Brother, thank you, Jesus. You want to close a prayer? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's extend your hands towards Pastor Dave. Pastor David Metz. Thank you. Father, I bless him. Thank you for his ministry. Thank you for what he's doing around the world. Thank you for open doors. I thank you for a supernatural anointing that likes of which he's only begun to scratch the surface of what you're about to do, says the Lord. Thank you for the finances. Thank you, Lord, for just providing abundantly above. As I said earlier, what you can even ask or imagine, Lord, what you're going to do, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for your servant. We plead the blood of Jesus over him. We thank you for the favor of God that's upon him and his wife and ask of you to bless them abundantly. And we bind principalities and powers, every demonic thing would try to interfere. Lord, where he travels, where he goes, he has the favor of the Lord. Where he goes, he has the anointing of the Lord. The message will bring forth fruit to your glory. We give you praise for him. And all God's people that agree, say amen. Lift your hands to the Lord. Give God the praise. Amen. Thank you, Dave. Amen. So lift your hands to the Lord. How many receive what the Lord's doing in here today? Okay. Father, we thank you for what's been accomplished in the spirit. As me manifested in the physical. If you were prayed for, you receive it by faith. That's what the word of the Lord earlier was. We have to walk in the fullness of what God's given us. Sometimes you declare a thing and it takes time for it to progress until the manifestation. Don't quit believing that God has done it today because he did it at the cross, actually. Father, we receive it. I bless your people. They're the head and not the tail. They're blessed going in and coming out. And to bless it all, they put their hand to do. They're walking in the divine favor of the Lord. I thank you for blessing them abundantly, God. Thank you for this time together now, Lord, as we partake of this food that others have prepared. Thank you, Lord God, for blessing our time together. Bless this food to our bodies. And Father, we just give you thanks for your goodness and your mercy that endures forever. In Jesus' name, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen and amen. We thank you, Lord.